So, hello. <laughs> wait. <laughs> no, you know what? No, not wait. We're, we're going to keep this as the start of the podcast. So people will okay. hear. So this is the intro then. Because it's very, un, like it's an unnatural experience because we've been speaking for the past 20 or 30 minutes and then we go, okay, now we're pressed record and then you go, okay, are you ready? And I said, no, I'm, I was born unready and then you took a pause and then you got ready to start and then you said, hello. And it wasn't, it wasn't real, but yeah. now we're real so I can relax. Okay, great. So, welcome back. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I think it's been a while as usual. Um, hey, was that a, was that like a, like a passive um, attack from you? Like a very chill, under the table, passive knife attack? Maybe. <laughs> no, it wasn't actually. But, um... It was a while ago. I think it was like six months ago. <coughs> and that's usually how these podcasts are. But things are about to change. Yes. Um, we are going to this do is true. more podcasts, both me and Chris and with other people. So the Awakened Intent podcast will will be more active. We can say that now, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So... We are also starting up a Patreon, I'm just going to say that now in the beginning, um, which we will call In Presence with Chris Bale, which will be probably be the topic of this podcast. And it's usually the topic with everything with you, you know, presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that's a good way to start this podcast. You know, why would you call something you do in presence and why do you always talk about presence it's um yeah it's it seems like it's the only thing that it always comes back to and i know you're speaking about it a thousand times but but still it's (laughs) it's still coming back you know and it's still finding different ways of expressing itself so Mm. Why do you feel you have to keep on talking about presence so, so much? It's not necessarily my intention to keep talking about presence, uh, but it's much more my intention to always be speaking from presence. So that means it's kind of irrelevant what I speak about as long as what I'm speaking of is actually coming up out of my connection with myself and with my essence or source or whatever word you want to refer to it as. But the reason it's it's always being returned to is because that is the practice of presence. When we return to presence, we return to what is and when we return to what is we get to be now and when we are now we get to be even deeper with what's unfolding and whatever messages are wanting to come through also the the practice and the process of 
moving deeper and deeper into presence, into now, into what is, into our body, our physical body, accessing it through our felt sense. The gift of that is it drops everything for us. So you may hear people say, drop the suffering or drop the story or drop the narrative. It's impossible to just drop something if if that's what you're identified with. Because now your dropping is just going to turn into a fight. And you're fighting with it. And there's a conflict happening. The reason that presence is number one for me is because it's the only thing in my own life and in my own process that I have discovered which will look after everything else. So if I move into presence now and I feel where I'm at and I bring my awareness and my focus into my physical body and the vibratory rate that's attached to that, that supports that. Now this is the only thing that exists. Everything else drops. Your problems, your insecurities, all the pressures, all of the conditioning (coughs) that you've been programmed with. Everything in that second drops. And we just are. This is what brings back in meaning and purpose to our life. Without presence, you're going to chase meaning. And just when you think you found meaning in a new job or a new practice or a new partner, it will pop. And then you'll be chasing meaning again or you'll be chasing purpose again and you'll spend your life doing that until you get to your deathbed and you kind of realize and you wake up in that moment and you understand that it, that it didn't have to be so disconnected. It was never about what you were doing. It was about where you were being from, right? where you were emanating from. So through my work with presence, everything simplifies. And I get to receive so much more love, so much more health, so much more vitality, so much more peace. And nothing can manipulate me or, or get, have me be caught up. That's another huge benefit of it. You become self-generating. Because we're all that. And the reason that I wanted to call the Patreon in presence is because selfishly that's my desire and how I like to spend time with people. My favorite way to be with others is to be with others and to allow others be with me. And there can be many uh, beautiful things that come up from that beingness. Uh, And just more practically in this, you know, in the Patreon, it'll be Qigong classes. It'll uh, be me coming on and just giving talks and sharing things that want to come through in that moment that are 
more spontaneous. It's not going to be so formal as an official event, uh, which I love the felt sense of having that spaciousness to just come in and allow presence, allow beingness to fill the space in whatever way it wants to, in whatever way it wants to pass on something or to to, uh, guide someone in something. Because I never choose the words that come out of me for the most part. I just kind of watch them along with everybody else. And it always flows the best when it's not being constricted. So the Patreon for me is just a space where there can be some community of people and we get to engage and to be with one another in different types of practices. And, you know, as I said, Qigong classes to uh, getting to hear these full podcasts, right? Full conversations with you, with other people uh, in its totality. Um, also being able to have tea with Chris, which is something I'm also looking forward to doing. I have a very deep uh, spiritual connection with tea as ceremony, whether it's Gong Fu Cha or Cha Dao. All of these things I want to be able to share with people. And technology as dysfunctional and corrupting as it can be it also allows us to take the technology and use it for something of higher order and that's really what i'm looking to to spend my time doing with this and if i missed anything in terms of what we're doing in there uh, because obviously jesper you're uh, heading and leading this i'm just kind of showing up in it um, but yeah, if I missed anything, you can, you can add on. Mm. Yeah. Well, there will also be, um, opportunities to have, you know, Q and A's and, um, mm. and you will every now and then get a discount code for events or for courses. Um, but something that came up now as you were speaking <clears throat> was that I was almost having a hard time <laughs> a few minutes in just listening to the words because, this happens every time when, um, yeah, when I go into deep presence with you, things start happening in my body. Um, mm. And when I first met you years ago, I didn't believe in energy or, um, you know, in in the non-physical stuff in that way. But now it's, you know, it's impossible to not, um, you know, it's real. I, I feel it so, so much that it's like th- there is something there, you know. Um, and I don't know what my question in this is, but it's it's always something that fascinates me, even now years after uh, being around you and, and doing different types of practices that cultivate a lot of energy. I still get like, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> what is going on? You know? And uh, I'm just curious, do you have anything to share on that or, or to all of the skeptics or... <laughs> It's just it's just so hard to tell someone who, who really hasn't had like an energetic experience in that way or where it's so clear to they just it just sounds like bullshit when you try to usually talk about it. So what's the question? <laughs> I don't know really. The question I is I think the question was what's going on. But yeah, basically. I don't know. <laughs> well yeah, yeah, that that's a good what's really or yeah, just yeah what's happening and how can how 
how how how do some people uh, i don't know it's it's i feel like almost asking the question like because it's it's so difficult to explain you know uh, what's happening inside of you it's like it's a little I don't know what fire in your belly starts boiling and you go like, hey, what's moving? And, and Okay, so let's look at your experience, right? So you come on and we start speaking and then in a few moments you start to feel your body responding, right? Something in you starts to happen and you feel like there's a fire in your belly or like there's heat being generated in your system, right? Mm-hmm. Right, so this is just the law of energetics and that's why there can be um, a lot of benefit potency and power in spiritual guidance when it's coming from an embodied energetic form so it's not my words that are having that impact in you it's just the energetic uh, synchronizing that's happening it's similar to if there's a flame or there's a match or there's a candle, that's a light, it's a blaze, right? There's a lot of fire. And then these other matches or candles come around it. You can use that analogy that then everything else catches catches onto that flame and lights up themselves. That traditionally is the relationship between, I'm going to use the word master, it's an outdated word, but in terms of how it was taught traditionally, uh, this was the dynamic between master and student or teacher and student in traditional uh, Eastern arts like Qigong or different types of energy work. In any energetic transmission that has any form of intelligence or potency behind it, not me, but the energetics that are moving through, that's going to light stuff up in other people. Right, that's the benefit of being around someone who's vibrating at maybe a slightly different or higher level than you are. Higher not being a hierarchy, right, of who's better or who's worse. It's just a quicker, higher vibratory rate, right? It's a very palpable feeling. It's it's just a vibratory rate. That's all it is. And your rate will start to entrain to the higher rate, generally speaking. It can also happen the other way around, which I'm sure uh, some people have probably experienced if they spent a significant amount of time around someone who's very depressed or very low or very negative or very heavy. It'll start to pull them down unless they guard and take care of their energy and their consciousness and their thoughts. So what's happening is that there is no time and space And that's proven scientifically, right? Like there's no time and space. Everything is matter. Everything's just vibrating. So your system having a response uh, to, let's say, my energy, or not even mine, it's borrowed. Um, The energy that's moving through me, the energy that moves through me has been doing this work for so long that it already knows where to go, what to do. I'm not really a part of it anymore. But that's the benefit of it, because it lights the fire. And in Qigong practices, if you're learning any type of lineage, the teacher or the master of that lineage or that practice will generally have to light the student's fire in the Dantian, which is the uh, the lower energy center of the body. 
situated somewhere behind the navel between the front, the back, and the center of the body. And the teacher or the master will actually channel and funnel uh, energetic information into that area in order to start building a foundation so that the practice, the qigong practice, or the energetic practice that that student starts to cultivate, uh, they will have a foundation already present in their system that they can build upon. But without that foundation, just getting started could almost you know, be impossible. It could take a very, very long time. And what I have seen, obviously, I, I teach qigong and I initiate people into a, a, you know, one or two different forms of it, but the work that I do in the world also has its own initiatory energy that has developed over the years of me doing this, um, which happens very clearly when I'm, when I'm working with women uh, in the bliss work, the energy work, uh, but also when I'm engaging with, with men. Uh, I feel that energy just going there and, and starting to work with that person. It's fascinating for me to experience uh, because I'm not always attempting to do it or make it happen consciously. And that's, I think that just shows how well we're looked after. Right? The energy will always go where it can go. And it will always attempt to enliven and activate and support and assist us in moving deeper into more harmonious states of being and health. I don't know if I answered your question, but mm, you did. <clears throat> and okay. I have a a question came up when you said that a question that I've seen that has been asked as well on your social media. Mm. Um, it is when you were talking about energy and how kind of you become where well, we affect each other with energy. Like everybody has their own type of vib vibratory state, and if you were with yes. someone who's very depressed, it can you know jump over to you and etc. Um, so if you are around people who, who have a tendency to draw you down, maybe a close family member or spouse, um, and I guess you should know this well, since you work with a lot of people who have been through a lot of trauma and stuff and, and to keep yourself safe and to not get drawn down into that yourself and just become, you know, depressed yourself. Uh, yeah. Is there anything you can do to avoid that? That's a great question, uh, because I see it, especially in any type of energetic work, generally, not for everybody, but I think for most people, they they have a few years in them, and then they burn out from doing energy work or caring for other people, because maybe they haven't learned the mechanisms to take care of themselves. My response to your question to, to, to not take on other people's anything is to stay in your house. Stay at home. And I don't mean your physical uh, brick home. I'm referring to your body. Stay in your house. Stay in your vehicle. If you can keep a hold of yourself from the felt sense, 
in your beingness. This is again presence and being. We come right back to it. But if you can stay fully in your entire system with your awareness and your felt sense, your system, your physical system, serves as a grounding tool. So being in your body fully, as deeply as you can, will actually keep you rooted and grounded in energetic safety. And what you'll see is when we leave our body, when we disassociate, when we get pulled up into the mind, then we start to overflow, we push all of our energy externally out into the world in front of us, into things and people and situations, and we start attaching to everything. And then also, because we're not at home, our home is wide open, there's nobody there. So then all the conditioning comes in, all the programming comes in, and then we are very, very possessed. And it's, I don't know what it is, I don't know what word to even use for it, but having to look around and see the fact that most people are living lives that are not theirs, yeah, it's unsettling. And they wonder why they're feeling so sick, so tired, so miserable, so burnt out, so fatigued, so lost, like nothing makes sense, feeling no sense of purpose. All of these deep desires and longings that we have just to feel steady and safe, like purpose, like meaning. None of that is going to be outside of us. That's all going to be cultivated from our ability to be with ourselves. So to not be affected by the outside world, it doesn't mean we have to shut down because that's the other extreme is people want to shut down. You can't hurt me. I'm closing my heart. I'm closing my body. I'm pushing everyone away. I'm keeping everyone at a distance. That's just going to create more suffering for the person because we require love, connection, community, touch, empathy, compassion, to be seen, to be understood. So you can be fully in your beingness without shutting anything down and be around, and you know, as you said, a depressed person or someone who's in a very negative state, you're safe and protected and held in your essence which cannot be manipulated, it cannot be affected, while remaining completely open to loving this other person from your essence. And you'll always know when someone is in their essence because they're going to be able to be uh, naturally, easily, because they've probably practiced and worked at it a lot. And also they're going to have a huge amount of love and patience and compassion to bring to other people because that's easy when you're sitting with your essence because our essence is gigantic and our essence is essentially God, it's essentially source, it's essentially the energy that has created everything, it's abundant, it doesn't end. So when we are in a deep relationship with that inside of ourselves, It just gets to work through us. 
And that kind of brings us back to what I was mentioning about, you know, the energetic exchange that happens either between you and me or a student or someone having a session or a teacher and a student. That's what it's doing. The essence is just doing what it does. We only have to work hard when we're disconnected from our essence. When you are connected with your essence, hard work isn't something that you have to do. Because it will work for you. And that was, you know, that blew my mind open as much as as possible. Uh, When I was going through my process earlier on, because I used to work the opposite to that. I would push everything, fight everything, try to make everything happen until that ruined me, put my on my put me on my ass and you know, I had nothing left. And then began the connection with the essence, with spirit. And then you see how that, you know, that just moves an entire room. Don't even have to say anything. I can just walk in and sit down and be there for a few moments and the essence starts to do its work. That's how supported we are. That's how looked after we are. We don't have to be magnificent because being, that's magnificent. It allows magnificence to come through. So presence is so important because we're so caught up and we're confused and we're chasing and we're fighting. And so many people feel like they're out here alone. I mean, is the tree alone? Or does it have everything it needs? We're no different. It's the social narratives that have to weaken us, to take from us. That is what causes our disconnect. So... As long as I do this work, as long as it wants to come through me, it's presence, it's being in the body. It's listening. It's moving from stillness. And I don't think that will ever shift unless life decides that it works a different way. And then I guess I'll shift. And do you think beingness, being this present and in the body, do you think it's for everyone? Or do you think some people just function better being <laughs> distracted? <laughs> I mean, even the question. Uh, I mean, the question is the answer. <laughs> no no one works better. But works better at what? Being distracted. <laughs> What do you, what what are you trying to work at? That's the problem. We're trying to work at stuff. Yeah, but I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I know so many people, and including myself, who who is you know trying to be more present. And um, it's just recently where I feel like I actually have days where I'm present through like eighty percent of the day. Um, mm. For the first couple of years of learning being present, I I was just thinking about it for the whole day, basically yes. thinking I was present. Um, and I don't think it's just hard. Like 
it just took me so much time to realize what presence actually is because it's it's not not something you can think about um and i guess why i asked the first question was that there there seem to be a lot of people have so much trouble being in their body that they ra rather don't be because of maybe they've lived like that for their entire life just super disconnected and for them to start being in their body is so traumatizing or so overwhelming mm -hmm. um that maybe it's not for them this lifetime you know because it would be too much or something i don't know mm. or what do you feel about that i i guess um because there's many people who do live their whole life without being present and then you know they leave so that's it's not really here nor there i think I, i'm not i'm not so concerned with like future concepts or, or it's okay now like what can we do now what can the people listening now do now what can you do now what can i do now uh it is very terrifying and not in every case but in many cases it can be terrifying and overwhelming and confronting and challenging and it can almost feel impossible at first uh, when you start to come back into the body i remember the first time i started trying to be present and trying to be in my body i just felt like i wanted to vomit as soon as i would be in my body like as soon as i would bring my attention in i would have a headache i'd feel dizzy and i'd want to vomit so then i'd be like oh well it's not fun being present so i'm just gonna not do that anymore but eventually all of you know using the example of the headache and 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 the need to vomit that was all there because i had been ignoring myself for so long i had been out of body and abusing body for so long abusing spirit for so long that i was able to disconnect from body and disconnect from that nasty feeling for a certain point but then it gets so big that it eventually put me on my ass and then i was just forced to feel it anyway and that's the thing you'll never get away from feeling what you have to feel you may be able to delay it or put it off but generally then it just moves deeper into the body and festers creates illness and disease so when we're present especially earlier on we will have to be courageous and willing and compassionate in our approach to the pain that our system has been having to hold on to by itself because we haven't been there to support it we haven't been there to take direction or to listen to what it needs we've been just making up with our head what we think we're supposed to do and deferring to our madness every day so yes that's that's the initiation back to your essence because our essence is underneath that right it was underneath my desire to vomit and all the headache and all the dizziness that i had and once i eventually had no choice but to be with it then it was able to heal because it it had a witness so a part of the medicine of your presence is your ability to witness is your ability to bear witness to 
what needs to be seen in order to have the electrical charge to be able to circulate, move and be let go of. But it's our attention, it's our presence, it's our light that actually burns up Mm. all of this pain and trauma that sits in us. But if you don't look at anything, it's almost like it doesn't exist until the room is just so full of mold that it starts to grow out the door frame and then it just decides to eat your entire house. But even if you open that door and the room is full of mold, it's like, okay, I got, you know, I got my work cut out for me. I have to accept that I have ignored a large part of these things. And now comes cleanup time. Mm -hmm. And I get it. It can be, there's been moments in my earlier process where I literally thought I was going to die. Because the terror that was being purged from me, the emotionality, the weakness, the, the, the childishness that was being purged from me was so painful that I would slip and I would go back and then I'd, I'd be present again and I'd be in it and then I'd lose it and I'd, ha- I'd run away from it for a moment and that's okay. There's no such thing as perfection in any of this it takes commitment and time and to me that is self-love you know everyone speaks of self-love all these different ways you know take yourself to the movies uh, you know make yourself waffles uh, run yourself a bath and yeah these are also ways but the deepest level of self-love is how do you show up for yourself every single moment of every single day in spite of all of the wounds that you have to heal through, whether it's from this life, whether it's ancestral wounds passed down through family lineages, you know, there's a whole gamut of what we hold on to. Um, And even recently for me in my process, uh, you know, I've gotten to a place where thankfully it's, it's just mostly silence most of the time, mostly spaciousness most of the time when I was very opposite to that but what's really humbling is you're never ever 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 done and for me right now there's in utero stuff that is coming up for me right so when I was in my mother's womb I'm like god damn it (laughs) I thought I was thought I was good for a while but it's such a beautiful opportunity to understand you and your position in this life. Just through feeling the experiences that your spirit, that your body have had to go through. And then you get to sit with it and you get to shine your light, your presence, your awareness, your compassion, your patience on that part of you that's aching. Knowing that it's not you, what's aching is not you, it doesn't belong to you. It's just, it's just passing by. It's just passing through. And that is the most important part of anyone's presence work is whatever arises in you does not belong to you. It's just wanting to pass through. And we allow it to pass through by completely accepting what is right now, that it is here. I accept that this feeling is here and secondly, not identifying with it. 
not attaching yourself to a story about it. And your mind will always attempt to relieve you from dissolving your trauma and your ego. Because the mind loves to be identified with things. It gives it stuff to chew on, stuff to think about, stuff to run your life with, stuff to sabotage you with. So understanding that your experience is not you, that will be very helpful in the process of presence. Hmm. Yeah, something that really got to me was <clears throat> you were speaking about attention, basically, giving yourself attention and awareness in your body. Um, and when you said that, I was thinking about a child. Like, if you don't give attention or your awareness to a child it's gonna be deeply traumatized and you yourself mm -hmm. have this living body that you live in that's alive you know you have a heart pumping and you know it's yeah it's basically a living thing that you you're taking care of which is your own body and when you don't give it awareness when you don't give it attention it also withers away and becomes traumatized mm -hmm. so that yes that's um yeah that came up when you said that mm. um Let's switch gears a little bit. <clears throat> sure. I'm looking at my question board and I have a question that I had years ago that I don't think I've ever heard you answer or heard anybody ask you. And uh, it's a famous syndrome, um, especially for men in, in, the, in the bedroom usually. And it's mm -hmm. called post-nut clarity. <laughs> <laughs> and Got it. Thank you for listening to some of today's episode. If you'd like to hear the full conversation, along with live Qigong classes, Q&A group sessions, and Tea with Chris, you can head over to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Chris Bale. Thank you, as always, for your support. And we will see you back here on the next episode. Ciao.